listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. For the reading of the Word of God, our scripture this morning is 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. This is the word of the Lord. Pastor Bill. Actually, we have a testimony first. Vicki Knudsen is going to come and share from her life. Hello. Um, I wrote this down so I wouldn't lose my train of thought. I'll start at the beginning. And I, was set, I was one of seven children that lived on a farm 12 miles from the church that we went to every Sunday. It was 8.30 in the summer and 10.30 in the winter months. We didn't miss any holy days or Sundays or Saturday afternoon catechism classes. When I was a teenager, I played the organ for the choir, and we always sat the third, third row from the back of the, from the front, and that was our place. My mom was the driving force when it came to getting us to church and helping me memorize my prayers, and Dad never went with us. He never said anything against it or for it. We went in full-blown blizzards or zero, minus zero temperatures. There was no excuses. We never missed. All the Gospels I heard read, all the hymns I heard and played for, many sermons I sat through until I was 18 years old, and I missed it. I missed the good news. I knew of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know them. God was always in the distance, somewhere out there with somebody else. I had this feeling I didn't measure up. Sometimes I would get it right. Someday I would get it right, and then I would come to God. I was blind and lost, and I didn't know it. When I married and became a mom, I picked up where my mom left off. I went to church every Sunday, holy days, Sunday school. I helped memorize prayers. We prayed at meals and bedtime. I was good to go, right? Inside... If I let myself see myself, I knew I was missing something, but I didn't know what. At this time, I had a hair shop in our home, and many of my customers were from Brooklyn Church. The pastor's wife and her kids came, then the pastor came, and then May and Gertie and Darlene and John and Tom and you name it, they all seemed to come, and I didn't even go to this church. And uh, while I was cutting their hair, they would always talk to me, about this personal relationship they had with Jesus and how Jesus made a difference in their lives. Just like I'm nervous now, I'd get nervous then. 
I, um, I just never felt comfortable with this kind of talk. Um, I would try to change this conversation, or sometimes I would just agree with them and act like I understood what they were talking about, um, thinking to myself, you know what, I'm okay. My kids go to church, we pray before meals, and we pray at bedtime. I was good to go. I enjoyed the Brooklyn people. They were good to me. They were so good to me. Uh, but I was so uncomfortable. The name Jesus made me uncomfortable. My pride was so big, I didn't want them to really see me. But year after year, these people kept coming. 18 years, to be exact. <laughs> That's a long time to uh, keep coming <laughs> Trying to put on a front. Trying to be something you're not is hard work. It wears you out. My life was heavy and I was lonely. It was getting harder and harder to pretend life was good. You know how we say, how are you today? Good? I was always good. I was always smiling on the outside, but I was dying on the inside. I was married to an angry alcoholic with four kids and happy, kind, Jesus-loving people coming in the back door. But God's timing is perfect. So on February 2002, I was backed in a corner. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, I had no place to turn. I was so angry at God. I had been asking God to fix things, stop this craziness to do something to help me. One night, it was uh, that night, February 2002, I was pacing back and forth. And I said, why won't you stop this? Don't you love me? In a second, God said, how much do you love me? This sat me down. And I never, I said, I never thought of that. I had never thought about how God loved. I was supposed to love God only about how much he loved me. I couldn't see for myself. I didn't know how or when or what, but I knew life was going to be different. At 4 o'clock in the morning, when I was at my lowest and ugliest, I gave up. It wasn't... I imagined it was going to be. I thought I would get it right and measure up and then come to God. And I was in the pit, at the bottom of the pit. I continued to go to the same church that I'd always gone to. But the music and the gospels always brought tears to my eyes. I could finally hear. God sent a lot of people to teach me about his son, Jesus Christ, to help bring me to my knees and surrender. Years later, I was told that Dalee, my husband, he was also praying for me at this time. It wasn't my husband then, but I didn't realize that for years later they told me that he had been praying for me about that time for courage and wisdom. God doesn't want to leave any of us behind. 
I didn't, most of my life I didn't read the Bible. It wasn't part of my family um, routine. We memorized prayers and so I don't know the Bible as well as many people, but um, I always wanted to have a favorite verse, you know, how some people have favorite verses and they quote it and I always thought I would learn one, throw it out there, you know, sometime. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just don't. I, uh, every time I read a verse, uh, it's my new favorite, you know. It's just uh, so uh, Thursday. I, I uh, this was my new favorite today. It was on Thursday, and it was Second Samuel twenty-three, one through five. And these are the words. Last words of David, sweet psalmist said, The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, I am the one who rules righteously in the fear of God. It's like the light of the morning at sunrise. Morning without clouds gleaming of the sun on the new grass after rain. Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His agreement is arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and success. Why were these words written down? So I could read them today. It's for us, for those of us like David, who are less than perfect. Amen. 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 Thank you, Vicki. That is uh, an awesome testimony. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk about strongholds, and, and this is exactly what Vicki is sharing with you, how that in our minds we can, we can get opinions, and we can get ideologies, and we can get philosophies, and we can get all kinds of things built in there that actually keep us from finding God, and God wants to dismantle all of that, and he wants to set us free so that we have the mind of Christ and that we can live like Christ. Amen. Thank you, Vicki, so much. Uh, Mariana Sanchez, would you please join me up here? Um, Nathan, could you give Mariana your mic for just a moment? Um, this lovely lady came to us how long ago? August, August or September. Okay, August, September. Uh, just for a point of reference, okay, she is the older, wiser sister of Elizabeth Sanchez, okay? Uh, so just, just so you've got the, the, the reference there, all right? Um, but you were far away from us for a period of time. Where were you? I was in South Korea. Okay, and what were you doing in South Korea? Um, I was an English teacher teaching middle school and elementary students. Okay, and that was a platform for 
sharing the gospel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind, I found a church there, and that kind of started things around um, the area that I was at. Okay, so you you were a working missionary in a sense in yes. South Korea, <laughs> and you you kind of liked that. I I loved it. Uh-huh. I lo- it was scary, but I really really loved it. Okay, and you have several friends in this church, and yes. that's how through your sister and your friends you yes. came into Life Church. Mm-hmm. Now you you were not considering going back to South Korea at that mm-hmm. time. You were coming in here to kind of settle. Is that right? Yep, yep. I've been wanting to kind of just stay put for a couple of years, spend more time with family. Okay, um, yeah. and develop a community of mm-hmm. faith and, and be in all of that. Um, God had a little bit different plan. You yes. want to just explain that yeah. now? So a couple months ago, I was asked to go back to uh, work for a former supervisor. Um, and I had said no maybe three times, but there was just such a restlessness that I felt like I probably shouldn't have said no, or I said no for the wrong reasons. And so I eventually said yes, and it all just kind of <laughs> fell into place. Okay, yeah. so then you are going back to mm-hmm. South Korea, and mm-hmm. you're going to be teaching again, mm-hmm. okay? Yes. Would you tell them when you're going? Yeah, I'm leaving this Tuesday, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting it to happen so soon, but it, it did. <laughs> So. When she said it all fell into place, yeah. it really fell into place, yeah. okay? All right, so yes. you're actually leaving this Tuesday, which is why I'm sort of extracting her from all of you and bringing her up here today and doing this is because uh, we have to send her. She can't just go, all right? We are her family. We are her church, and we are ascending church. Um, and I, I asked her to please let me try to get her some financial help, and she said that's not what she needs, and God is meeting all of her needs in that capacity, so praise the Lord for all of that. Things have really fallen in place for this precious woman, okay? Uh, but she needs you and I. She needs our prayer support, and she needs our emotional support, uh, and I don't want her to go to South Korea alone, all right? I want her to go knowing... Um, There is a family here that loves her and cares about her and is praying for her, okay? Uh, So um, we will give you contact information uh, through the the e-blast so that you, if you feel led to, can contact her and encourage her and be a blessing to her while she is in uh, South Korea uh, for this next stint of her life. Uh, And uh, we want very much to update you from time to time so you know what is going on with her. Um, And if there are other ways that you can support her, I'm sure she'll be able to to share that as well, okay? Uh, But right now, I would love for us to just pray for her uh, and send her out, okay? This will be the last chance today for you to uh, say something to her. So please, before you leave today, uh, grab her quick and give her a hug and, and tell her goodbye. And, and uh, if you're willing to pray for her over this period of time, let her know that, okay? Uh, so that she has some sense of this spiritual support uh, behind her. I'm excited. Uh, I just didn't think it would happen so fast. And so uh, here we are, and, uh, and, and we're going to do this. So uh, Roy and Andrew, are there other elders? Uh, Wendell is back there. Um, Wade, if you need to stay there, you can, or you can come down. Um, I want the elders to come and just gather around uh, Mariana here, uh, just as, as sort of symbolic of our support as a church for her. Um, and then we are going to pray over her today. So 
I would love all of you, if, if you're comfortable doing so, you can just kind of like reach your hand towards her here, okay? And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. You just sit there and agree with us in prayer. Um, but we are just going to pray for this lovely lady right now, okay? You want to come on in here? Okay. All right. Father, so grateful that the gifts and the callings of of God are without repentance. We're so grateful for what you have already done in the past and the way that you have blessed Mariana to, to serve you and be faithful to you in, in a foreign country. But we are so grateful for what you are doing right now. You are, you are reopening that door. You are moving in a powerful way to give this precious lady uh, new opportunities uh, to go and to once again teach and care for and love a people of another culture, another nation. Um, I'm so thankful that she has such an amazing heart for this particular people group. I'm so thankful that she has such courage and such boldness to go. I'm so thankful that she has a family that is behind her supporting her to do this. And I'm also thankful, Father, that there's a church here that is going to support her as well. And so today, by faith, we send her in the name of Jesus. We send her to the people to whom you have called her to go. We send her in prayer. We send her in agreement and in unity together as your body. We, we affirm that she is a woman who is capable of your work. And already there has been fruit of that work in the past. But now we ask you for new fruit we ask you, Lord, that, that these opportunities are fresh and new for her life as she is going forward. When she gets on that plane on Tuesday, Father, we ask you to give her the release from this place in the name of Jesus. And then when she sets foot in South Korea, may that be home. May that be the place where she is supposed to be, Lord. May she sense your holy presence and that you are entrusting to her and giving to her a special anointing and power to be able to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ in her classes, Father. We pray that you give her extraordinary opportunities to share her faith with others. And we ask you, God, that you would protect her and shield her from all harm and every snare of the evil one. We pray, God, that you would, you would uh, just guard her heart from any loneliness or aloneness, God. And may she be able to embrace, embrace these people, Lord, with such love and such genuineness, God, that it would be evident to all. So, God, we now send her forth in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you, elders. Well, last Sunday, we, we talked about anger, and um, I think that of all of the, the subjects in the series so far, that one got the most uh, response, and uh, many, many of you uh, came and talked to either David or I about this area of your life and dealing with anger, and several people, uh, as we were talking with you, uh, you mentioned hey, you know, I wish you would do a little bit more teaching or talking about strongholds. Um, and uh, so we decided that we would sort of just interject that today, all right? 
Now, Pastor Dave's going to preach to you next Sunday. I'm so excited to hear him preach again. He hasn't preached for a little while. And uh, he is going to be preaching about the stronghold of insecurity and what that does to the Christian life, okay? Um, And then after that, I'm going to follow that with... Uh, some time dealing with uh, the sort of the spirit of rejection and and how rejection forms a stronghold, okay? Um, Now, as we do this, what we're going to do is we're going to present you some worksheets, all right? They will be sent out as an attachment in the e-blast. We'll try to post them on the website as well. Uh, Several of you asked for some of the tools that you could possibly use. Uh, We've been giving them out uh, some some questionnaires and some assessments and things like that to people as they come in the office. Uh, but we're going to try to make some of those things more readily available to you so that you can utilize these from week to week, all right? Um, and and it's, it's a good thing to do. Uh, we would encourage you to do that. Um, and uh, if you need help with that, we want to be available to you. So we're going to try to be as available as we possibly can. Uh, these are things that you can do with another believer, you know, someone that's in your accountability group or, or in your life group, those kinds of things. But if this is something where there's, there's a real battle going on and you've had some real difficulty with this and you need a pastor to sit with you and work through this with you, uh, we are willing to do that. Um, our calendar is filling up more and more through these weeks, okay? Uh, so it's good to, like, call us early in the week and let's get something set up uh, rather than you waiting until, you know, Friday afternoon late and say, hey, I've been meaning to get a hold of you, but I just hadn't gotten a hold of you yet, and I really need, you know, to spend some time with you in prayer. Um, you're probably not going to get that between Friday and Sunday morning. We're, we're usually busy getting ready for the this, this Sunday Uh, service at that point in time, and we will have to defer until the the next week, okay? So it it would really be good if you can get to us as soon as possible, and we will try to make the time for you uh, if we can. Now, uh, we're going to end the service today with a particular prayer, uh, a prayer that deals with strongholds in particular, and I have copies of the prayer on the, on the counter in the back, so you can pick one up and take it with you when you leave today. It's actually a prayer that Pastor Dave introduced to our congregation uh, a couple of years ago uh, in, a, in a particular service, and he and I have used this prayer often uh, with individuals, and it's a great just daily prayer uh, for you and I to, to, to utilize. So I really would encourage you to take a copy of it, especially if it really speaks to you at the end of the service today, okay? Um, as I said, we talked about anger last week. Maybe some of you were not here for that, but we talked about, in particular, some of the roots of anger. Uh, we talked about what the Bible says about anger. Uh, we talked about the strategies or the ways out of anger. Uh, and uh, we talked uh, a little bit more about forgiveness uh, as opposed to unforgiveness and how the forgiveness is really tied into this thing of anger deeply and to be able to overcome anger uh, and its stronghold in your life. It's going to require you to be able to forgive people uh, and, and to walk constantly in that forgiveness. We talked about how the Bible says that you're not to let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, make it right uh, in that day. Uh, try to take care of things if you can right then. Um, and we know that some of the aspects of anger are because of unmet needs in our life, are because of injustices that have hit us. And, uh, and because of that, that 
unmet need or that injustice, unforgiveness many times is directly connected to those injustices. And so we will oftentimes live with unhealed wounds, all right, hurts uh, that come against us as the result of some form of unrighteousness that has, has touched our life, and then unforgiveness sets in us, all right? And that unforgiveness that sets in us produces a lot of bitter kinds of fruitfulness uh, in our lives, and so we can... We can be dealing with bitterness. We can be dealing with, with just anger, but we can also be dealing with rage. And there's, there's a number of other kinds of strongholds, if you will, opportunities where the enemy can get in. And so the idea is that, that we take those things to God and we find our deliverance in Christ and Christ alone, all right? Um, we are advocating that you do not get to deliver yourself, all right? As much as some of you are very independent people and you would want to be able to say, I can do this, you cannot do it on your own, all right? This requires a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit and Jesus is your answer. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If you try to set yourself free and you do it in your own strength, in all likelihood, you're going to relapse somewhere down the road. It may be very quickly or it may be quite a bit of time, but eventually if you're handling this on your own strength, you will relapse in whatever strongholds you are dealing with in your life, okay? And so you need the Holy Spirit and you need Jesus to walk you through this, all right? And so oftentimes we walk in this, this form of unforgiveness that, that is, is sort of drawn out of anger, if you will. And the, the unforgiveness becomes the stronghold. The anger isn't the stronghold. It is just the fruit of something that is deeper down in us, a mindset or a belief or, or, or uh, an injury or a trauma or, or whatever, okay? But the idea in our mind that we get is that there is some debt that is to be paid before reconciliation or rec uh, restoration can happen. In other words, this person has to pay in some way or I've been wronged in some way that deserves something counter to that. In other words, this person has to hurt because I hurt. This person has to, to suffer because I have suffered in some way. And so we can take that debt on in our mind and in our heart, all right? And so it becomes a soulish place where the enemy has a foothold. In other words, he has a doorway. He has an opportunity to come in. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we talk about strongholds, okay? Um, but, but as a result of some type of offense or some type of betrayal or whatever, uh, we, we get this set into us. And regardless of the situation, we begin to believe something. And the lie that we believe is that there is a debt that is owed. It is either owed in general or it is owed specifically to us. And so we hold on to that desire to see some kind of payment made, all right? This person has to make some kind of payment. And so it's really good for you to be able to go through a process of looking at what is it that is the triggers to identify that I have a lot of anger inside of me. 
As we talked about last Sunday, sometimes this anger can manifest in rage and, and tremendous outbursts, and a person gets bigger than they really are, okay? Uh, but sometimes this anger is low-grade, and it's just like a low-grade temperature. It just stays there. You just sort of feel it. You know it's there, um, but, it, but it's all inside, and it's not evident to those that are around you. So it's very toxic for yourself. Uh, and, and you're the only one that's dealing with it, and so it's kind of a secret anger, all right? But it's just as devastating and just as destructive as that kind of anger that is raging in the outburst that people might see in others, okay? And so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to send out in the e-blast a little worksheet this week, all right? And it will help you to just walk through and check some boxes off to see how angry you might be as an individual, okay? And uh, it, it will uh, give you some opportunities to identify people maybe that you are angry with. And then it will give you some scripture references to look at that will help you to dismantle the stronghold that you have been using, all right, the false beliefs that you have been operating on. This person must be judged. This person must pay, whatever. We're going to give you some biblical responses, all right, to dismantle that stronghold of belief in your mind, all right? And so then you can begin to take captive the thoughts that are setting themselves up against the nature of God. And as you do that, then there are prayers to pray for repentance, and there are prayers to pray for forgiveness, these sorts of things, okay? And so each week as we go forward, we're going to try to have a worksheet for you so that you are able to uh, work through these areas in your life, such as rejection or such as uh, uh, battling insecurity or inferiority or fear, uh, all of these kinds of things, all right? So what I'm saying is we've got a lot of work to do together, all right? And so I really want to encourage you to find a couple of prayer partners, you know, just a couple of people that you can put around you who will pray with you and maybe even someone who will help you work through the worksheet, all right, so that you can look at it honestly and get an honest other perspective than just yourself so that someone else can speak into what they see, all right? Uh, because the reality is you don't see everything, all right? I see all of you, and I even see the corners of this stage, and I even see a couple of the, the, the music stands, all right, because I have a really good peripheral view, all right? I can see that much, but I can't see what's right back there. But you know what? Every one of you can. Right now, every one of you can see what I cannot see in this room, all right? We need each other because sometimes we can see in one another what we cannot see in ourselves, and so we have the ability to, to help one another and come along beside one another. I know that's a vulnerable place for us to be, but if you really want to be free, that is a place to allow brothers and sisters into your life, chosen ones that you know you can trust and they trust you and they will be honest with you as well, okay? Now, let's talk a little bit about strongholds this morning and, and then we'll be done today. Um, I want you to be able to understand what a stronghold is, but I also want you to be able to understand how to get out of a stronghold. That is the most important thing, all right? You need to be able to identify maybe what kind of strongholds are in your life, but understand what, that, what we're talking about when we, when we use that term, stronghold. And I, I would like to just paraphrase the, the battle that Paul went through, and he talks about it in Romans chapter 7. Um, but he, he says there, uh, and maybe you can identify with this in your life a little bit, okay? But he says, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to do what is right. 
I battle that. And then on the other hand, I want to do what is right. And I battle that. When I want to do what is right, it seems I can't. And when I don't want to do what is wrong, it seems like that's the very thing I do. And then he goes on and he says, he says this is amazing. He says, he says, if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me. This, this sin, he says, I discovered this principle of life. This sin that is in me says that, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. He says, I love God's law. I love it with all my heart. But there's this, there's this other power, if you will. And, and it makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. This is Paul talking here now. He says, this power works against me and it makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. And then this is his description of himself. It's terrible. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Can you relate to that? You know, can you identify with that uh, uh, just, even just a little bit? He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And here's the answer. He says, thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ. That is where we're freed. It's through Christ Jesus. And that is the battle that Paul is in. And how many of you can I identify with that. There are, I mean, there are days when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, God, I'm, I'm going to be super Christian today. You know, like I'm going to, today is a day. I'm just feeling it. You know, like I just feel so good. And I, I just want to, I just want to explode, you know, in the spirit life. I just want to flourish today. This is the day that I, that the Lord has made. I, you know, I, I want to be glad in it. I want to rejoice in it. And you, and you get started, but then immediately something just comes in on you, you know, and it's either uh, uh, something being transgressed against you, it's an offense of some type, or it's a temptation, and before you know it, you've succumbed to the temptation, and now you're feeling a lot of shame and a lot of guilt, and then you get angry because of what you did, and now you're upset with someone else because you need to blame somebody now, you know, and so you go through this shame and blaming kind of stuff, and then you, you're, you're tense, and so you, you misstep with either your spouse or one of your children or somebody at work, and now somebody else is offended, and now you feel bad about that, you know, and the whole day just sucks. You know, and it's like, how did that happen? You know, how did I get there? I'm a Christian, you know, I'm, I'm a believer. How do I get in these kinds of places? How does this kind of stuff happen to me? And here's the big question for you and I. If faith in Jesus sets us free, then why do sincere believers who love God continue to struggle with besetting sins and lustful thoughts and pride and depression and fear and anger and all these other ungodly attitudes and behaviors. Can Christians be held captive? Yes. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Paul says, it's that sin in me. That sin that has had a door, an opportunity, a foothold, if you will. That sin plagues us. That sin dominates us. That sin 
buffets us. That sin comes against us. At times, that sin controls us. You know, one of the most amazing expressions I hear when someone sits in my office, and I hear it out of my own head sometimes when I'm self-talking, and that is this. What in the world was I thinking? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I act that way? You know, in the moment, it, it took hold, all right? In other words, there was a place where the enemy had a foothold in there, and he was able to get there again, and I yielded to that sin. I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I want to serve God. I want to be faithful. Really, honestly, if I were going to be honest with you, I would tell you today, I want to be perfect. Not even practically perfect. I want to be perfect. You know, I want to do it right. I want to do it well. I'm your pastor for crying out loud. I don't want to stand up here and confess constantly that I'm in sin. You know, and, 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 I, and, and you're the body of Christ in Life Church. You don't want to be constantly coming to the pastor and confessing that you're constantly sinning. And so we, we get in this battle. And why do we find ourselves there? Because there is this thing called a stronghold. All right? And, and if we're going to experience deliverance in our lives, we must first remove all the things that defend the enemy. All right? This is what Paul talks about when he writes to, to uh, the Corinthians in chapter 10. Nathan read it to you today. All right? We... we even though we are walking in this flesh world here, all right, we do not war according to the flesh. You know, we don't, we don't live in the same way this world lives. We live differently, all right, because we're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world, okay? And so our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We don't fight the way the world fights. We don't fight with flesh and blood, all right? But our weapons, the Bible says, are mighty. In other words, they have great advantage. They are powerful. And they are the weapons of God for pulling down strongholds. All right? And then he goes on to explain that a little bit more. Okay, so when we pull down the stronghold, the stronghold is a place of thought, a, a place of a philosophy or a thought or an idea, all right, uh, or an ideology, some, some place that has established itself and it is thinking that is different from truth. It is thinking that is different from the character of God. But he says here in this passage that this is the casting down of arguments and every high thing or every high thought, if you will, or philosophy that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. These are the very kinds of things that, that uh, Nathan and Christina talked to you about in the discipleship class recently. All right? These, these are places where the enemy can get in. These is, are places where you begin to buy into the lie. All right? Now... There, there, there are these fortresses, if you will, and that's what some translations of this passage use instead of strongholds. It says fortresses, all right? But there are these fortresses that exist and they thrive. They literally thrive in the thought patterns and the mindsets of not only you and I as individuals, but even churches and even communities, all right? Communities can have strongholds. Cultures and groups can have strongholds. 
And they can, they can begin to, to just, you know, proliferate these, these strongholds and, and teach them and proclaim them and share them around. But today we're going to focus in on this reality that you are capable of, of allowing these strongholds to be built and to be fortified in your mind, in your mindset, in your thinking, all right? And, and so when they begin to take hold, the enemy begins to build on them, and he uses every opportunity that he can to do that. Now, let's look for a minute at what the Bible says about strongholds. In the times of the Old Testament, a stronghold was a place that was used as um, a means of protection from an intruder or an enemy. In other words, this is a very fortified place, all right? It's a place of hiding, all right? And, and, and we find David, when he was hiding from King Saul, and the Bible says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 14, it says, um, and David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness, in the hill country of the wilderness, all right? And it says that Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. He was in these strongholds. He was in these places where Saul could not find him. And I think that is, is sort of revealing to us that sometimes these strongholds that we get in our mind, that set in our thinking, they're not easily identified. They're not easy to get to. That's why they, they continue to grow. That's why they continue to build. And the enemy continues to work in that place in our lives, all right? Look at verse 19 in that same chapter. It says that when the Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah, they said, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horish? The reality was that David was able to stay safe from King Saul by hiding in these places. And here's what I want you to understand. Sometimes the enemy finds a safe place if we give him a foothold, a little topos, a little place in our life, all right? He will find a way to get in there and to be safe in that place. And a lot of times he's safe because of this reason. You and I get sympathetic to our sin. In my experience with alcoholics, it's not the alcoholic that wants to be free. It's all of his family. Oftentimes, my experience has been with drug addicts. The drug addict doesn't want to get free, but the family wants him free. And so there's this constant battle, and it becomes more of a battle of flesh and blood because we're not able to go into that place and deal with this spiritually. And you see, the more that we open the door for the enemy, the more he is able to come in, the more demonic structure that begins to take place in that person's mind. And they are in bondage. All right? And the key for you and I is that we approach this spiritually rather than carnally. And I've seen this in so many families where the battles become very much flesh and blood. It is brother against brother and sister against sister and parent against child and all these kinds of things and neighbor against neighbor and business associate against business associate and it's just a flesh battle and it's crazy making. It gets wild, all right? And, and what we need to understand is a lot of times these are strongholds in this person's mind and, 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 and if they could speak for themselves outside of this stronghold and outside of being sympathetic to this now habitual sin that they are in, I believe they would 
if they could be honest deep down and say, you know what, I really do want to be free. I really do want to be free. And many times they will understand the destruction that what they have done is caused. All right? But they cannot be free because they're continuing to be sympathetic to the stronghold. Okay? Now, these strongholds talked about in the Old Testament, they were very difficult to reach. They were very powerful, and they were usually strongly protected. And this is what the enemy will do with you. If you, if you identify over this series of, de, of deliverance, if you identify that anger is an area that you're dealing with or unforgiveness is an area that you're dealing with or rejection or fear or any of these things, please know that it, the enemy is not going to go, oh, okay, you found me out. Okay, I'm done. I'll leave. It doesn't happen that way, okay? But this is warfare. This is battling, all right? You and I are going to have to battle against these places in our mind. All right? And you can begin to watch this. Even in, in, in your children, you can begin to see them start to believe things that are not true. And they can begin to hold on to th- those things. And they will actually begin to look for other p- individuals, peers, or other situations that are sympathetic to what they are wanting to believe. And this is where we have to come back with the truth of God's Word and say, this is what God says. All right? Now, There is a different kind of stronghold that is talked about in the Bible, and I'd like to bring that to your attention as well. And that is found in Psalm 18, verse 2. And it says there, and I love this, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take what refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. There it is right there, all right? That is the, 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 the swing of the pendulum, if you will, all right? The enemy wants to come in wherever you would give him topos, wherever you would give him this, this place or this authority uh, in, in your heart and your mind, all right? And he would want to dominate there. He would want to have dominance there. So he would want to create a stronghold. But your stronghold is in God. All right, your stronghold is in the safety and the refuge of God who is your fortress and he is your deliverer, okay? And so we are to run to God. When we begin to realize that these things are manifesting, we begin to take hold of the truth and we begin to tear down the lies and the false beliefs that are in our mind. And the devil will tell you some crazy stuff, all right? Just some crazy stuff. And that's what what 2 Corinthians 10 is all about here, is that if there is a thought or there is a continual process in your head that is going on that is contrary to the nature of God or contrary to truth, then that is indeed a stronghold in your life. You say, well, it's not that big. Every stronghold has the potential to be built upon. It is based on a foundational lie or deception that is from the enemy. And somewhere, because of some situation or circumstance, you open a little bit of your heart to that, and the enemy gets a foothold in. And when he does, he begins to build. And every stronghold has the potential to grow if it is not torn down. All right? We have to take captive every thought the Bible says, that is setting itself up against God. And we have to be able to not only identify these places that are becoming strongholds, all right, 
but we have to realize that, that strongholds can be a source of defense for the enemy. It's a place where he can continually come in and out of your life where either demonic or sinful activity is actually defended within our own sympathetic thoughts to evil. All right? And so we have to be able to say, you know what? i got to change here. I, I've, got, I've got to live out of this truth. And that may mean that a brother or sister has to get in front of you and say, look, this is what you're telling me, but look at what the Scripture says. All right? And, and, and we confront these, these battle lines, if you will, with the truth of God's Word. The strongholds have to be exposed, and they have to be exposed that they are a wrong attitude uh, that protects and defends the old self life. When there are strongholds and we don't want to give them up, that is because we want ourself to live. We want to continue to live in that place for whatever that is giving us, whatever that is doing for us, we want to hold on to that. We're getting something in return for staying in that place and believing that lie, all right? And it may be that you are dealing with a, a tremendous level of insecurity or maybe even worse, inferiority. Maybe you're seeing yourself so small and you've believed this lie that the only way I can get big is to get angry and raise my voice and, and, and intimidate someone else. So that's the way you operate, all right? But if, you're, if that's the way that you feel like you've got a voice and it's the only way you've got a voice, then you're going to want to hold on to that. Now it is a stronghold. Now it's something that you're being sympathetic to in your mind and you're saying, okay, I need this. This is something I need to use. And so what you're doing is you're cre allowing the enemy to create strongholds in your life that you're using for tools to compensate for other aspects of your life where you are believing lies, your inferiority or your insecurity or your fear about something or the, the rejection that came and traumatized you when you were a child or whatever, okay? And so we have to go back behind these things and start to realize and figure out where is the enemy getting this? Where is he getting this, this foothold where there can be an argument or there can be this, this pretension that is setting itself up against the knowledge of God? All right? And, and we need to understand this. This is anytime there is a thought, any time there's a process of thinking that, that is setting itself up above the knowledge of God, that is then giving the devil a secure place to influence your thought life. This is why the Bible says, take captive every thought. In other words, get it out of there. Don't, don't let that that is contrary to Scripture get in. Okay. Now, when we talk about strongholds, we're not talking about just random uh, thoughts or occasional sins here, all right? That's not, that's not what we're talking about here. The strongholds that affect us the most are those that are oftentimes hidden very deep in our thinking patterns, okay? And, and, and oftentimes we do not recognize them right away. And if we do, we don't necessarily identify them as evil. I mean, who wants to look at their own thought process and go, well, wow, that's evil? <laughs> you know, we, we are... We want to be kind to ourselves. We want to protect ourselves. That's part of the self-nature is we're continually wanting to make sure we're okay. All right? Now, th th that comes out of a lot of things like insecurity and like rejection and like fear and those kinds of things, okay? All right? But, but when we speak of strongholds, we are talking about uh, 
something that is quite different. And, and that means that there is a significant, like, process of deliverance that's oftentimes required, all right? And it may mean that for a little season of time, you're in some kind of internal conflict or turmoil. And that's what happened this week for a lot of you. A number of you would come into my office and sit down, and you were in tears, and you were crying. It was hard for you to even look at me. I mean, there's, there's shame involved in some of this stuff, and there's hurt. Uh, some of you are like, I just don't, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I, I haven't I haven't felt this before. I haven't, it was an unfamiliar place to you, but it was a place of internal conflict. It was a place of turmoil, if you will. And what I want to say to you is that is a good sign. That is not a bad place. It's a difficult place, all right? It, it, it's, it's a, it feels like a very vulnerable place to you, all right? But, but when these strongholds get exposed, all right, um, it affects us. It affects us emotionally. It affects us spiritually. It affects us mentally, all right? But what this all means, it means that, that as, as a believer, we are willing to be set free from what the enemy has tried to bring us into bondage with. In other words, it's saying, you know what? I want my soul free. I, I don't want to be giving this foothold. I don't, I don't want to be opening this door to the enemy, all right? And so... Now we have to learn what are these things about us that we are giving over to the enemy or we're we are opening the door to. But we also have to now begin to understand and exercise our spiritual authority. All right? Let me tell you something, people. The devil does not own you. Please get that. The devil doesn't own you. Jesus Christ bought you. He paid the ultimate price for you. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for you. He died and rose again that by his power and his spirit, you also will be raised with him. You live in the power of the resurrection. You don't have to live in this place of bondage. And so the enemy doesn't own you and you don't owe the enemy anything. You don't have to live in that place. You are a child of God, but you're telling me there is sin in me. Yes, I am saying there is a place where the enemy has got a foothold, but you, by spiritual authority, can move him out. And you don't have to live in that bondage. You don't have to live in that place. You don't have to live in that place of repetitive or perpetual sin because you have the tools and the ability, the power and the authority to move him out if you're willing to do so. And so that's where we want to land in this understanding of strongholds is that they can happen. They can, they can come, all right, but you don't have to be there. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. This passage, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, all right, know what, he's, what he is, all right? He's not your friend, all right? He's never one that you need to partner with or utilize. There is never a time when the devil needs to come along beside you and the two of you work in tandem. Should never happen, all right? Because he is your adversary. He is against you, all right? And he prowls around. In other words, he's moving about, roaming about. The demonic realm is on the move all the time, all right? And he is like a roaring lion, and he is seeking someone not to build a stronghold in, but to devour, 
When Satan establishes a false belief in your mindset, it is not so that you will believe a lie. It is so that ultimately and eventually he can destroy you. So you cannot give in to these places, all right? Verse 9, so resist him. Be firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings, listen to this, that you've been experiencing here in these few weeks of this deliverance series are being and have been experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. There are many others like you going through these same kinds of battles and circumstances. I want you to understand today that you are not unique and alone and different and defective in some way sitting in a chair here. You don't have to stay in a secret dark place. You don't have to battle this alone. We've all gone through these kinds of battles. We've all faced these kinds of adversities. We all understand the shame of sin and its effects on our lives. We all know of situations in our own lives where we have transgressed someone else and hurt them or wounded them in some way and have had the need to go and seek forgiveness and reconciliation. We all have gotten angry. We all have been perverted in some way and twisted in our thinking, all right? We are broken humanity. But my friend, today, you are a unique group of people in that you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And you live out of that redemption, not out of that bondage, all right? And so that's the good news. Even though I am not complete yet, even though I am not perfect yet, I, when I see him, I will be like him, the Bible says, all right? But until then, I live by faith. And that faith is in Christ Jesus and him alone. And that he indeed can set me free. And that he is setting me free. And that I will be set free, all right? That is where we live. That is where we, we, we want to land, all right? So, if you've been a Christian for some time, no doubt you've already in, had many strongholds broken in your life. I mean, just accepting Jesus, so many things went, didn't they? So many things just left. They were broken off of you. You were living one way, you found Christ, and you began to live another way. Behold, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus, all right? And so many strongholds were broken off of you in that particular moment in time. When, and, and, and as you have been following Christ, there has been a process of sanctification, all right? So you were purchased all right, by the blood of Jesus. But then there's an additional sanctification that has been ongoing in your life, and you're continually moving in that direction of being more like Jesus. And so we are constantly being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ by the truth of his word. And so we are all growing. We are all transforming, all right? But there may be particular areas that have been a seedbed for the enemy to get into, and they have been um, perpetuated or in some way habitual. Uh, they may have been a returning cycle over a period of time, but there are some indicators there that you know something is not right, and it's all contrary to God and His very nature, and you want to get free of that. That very well may be a stronghold. And so you want to be able to do whatever you can to get through that. And I believe that deliverance can be that simple that you and I can call out to Jesus and we can exercise his authority 
and under his name we can break the cycle of the evil one we can unhook the feeding tube that he has been feeding us these toxic sinful things with we can shut that door so that he no longer has a foothold and we can dismantle that stronghold uh, and we can begin to establish the truth in our mind and as those strongholds are broken as we repent all right and as we move towards Christ all right we receive the forgiveness that we need and we receive the freedom that we're able to walk in all right and so what I want to do today is I want to take you through a prayer as we close here I want to I just want to pray over you today and if this prayer is powerful powerful for you then I invite you to take a copy of it and use it daily all right if you need additional work in these areas find a brother or sister you trust or come to your pastors or your elders and let us pray with you okay so what I'd like for you to do right now if if you will is to just simply um, close your eyes just take a deep breath and let's just breathe out a minute here prepare our hearts what I want to invite you to do and folks there's nothing magical here about this this is a prayer we're going to talk to the Lord but there's something powerful that the Lord does when we join our hearts together and we call on his name and so what I want you to do right now is I want you to allow your spirit to come into agreement with the words that are being prayed all right this is this is where you willfully come into agreement with what we are praying here and what you'll be able to do is take this prayer and bring others into agreement with it and pray it with them as well all right so let me pray for you today in Jesus name all right Heavenly Father there are areas in our lives that we have not fully surrendered to you as our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, forgive us of compromise. I also ask you for courage to approach the pulling down of strongholds without reluctance or fear and without willful deception in our hearts. By the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, I bind the satanic influences that have been reinforcing compromise and sin within us. Father, we today submit ourselves to the light of the Spirit of truth to expose the strongholds of sin within us. By the mighty and powerful weapons of the Spirit and the Word, we proclaim that each stronghold in our life is coming down. We purpose by the grace of God to have only one stronghold within us, the stronghold of the presence of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving and cleansing us of our sin. And by the grace of God, I commit that we will follow you through this area, even to the very ruin of the strongholds, and that they are removed from our mind. Lord Jesus, we submit to you. We declare according to the word of God that because of your power, no, your power to subject all things unto yourself, the weapons of my, our warfare are mighty 
to the pulling down of strongholds, and we repent for using lies as an excuse to sin and compromise our convictions. And in Jesus' name, we renounce all the flawed and sinful old nature. And by the grace of God and by the power of the Spirit, we pull down the stronghold of unbelief that exists in our minds. And because of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we declare that we are a new creation. Father, I believe that we today as your people will go from glory to glory, being continually transformed into the image of Christ as we walk with God. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you that we shall prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers, that we will have the mind of Christ, and that we will hold the thoughts of your heart. We trust in you, Lord, with all of our heart. We lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways we acknowledge you. Therefore, you shall direct our path. Today, we submit ourselves to your word which exposes and sifts and judges the very thoughts and motives of our hearts. For indeed, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through you to pull down strongholds, pride, fears, doubts, unbeliefs, intimidations, failure. We renounce arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the truth, the knowledge of God. And we lead every thought in our mind and every motive in our heart captive to the obedience of Christ. Today, we shall be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God the Father. Your word, Lord, shall not depart out of our mouth, but we shall meditate on it day and night that we may do everything in obedience to your truth. And then the way of life will be prosperous and you will give us good success. Therefore, we will not fret. We will not have anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we will make known our desires to you, Lord, and your peace will go with us, God, because of all understanding. And we shall mount a guard over our heart and we shall have the mind of Christ because this is your promise. Today, Father, we fix our mind on those things that are true worthy of reverence, honorable, just, pure, lovely, lovable, kind. These are the things that hold virtue and excellence, and these are the things that are worthy of praise, and these are the things we will fill our mind with. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Father, bless those who have despitefully used us. Whenever we feel afraid, we will trust you. When we feel miserable, we will express thanksgiving. And when we feel that life is unfair, we will remember that you are more than enough. That, God, you are good. When we feel ashamed, Lord, help us to remember that we no longer have to be afraid. We will not suffer shame. We will be delivered from the fear of disgrace. We will not be humiliated. We will relinquish the shame of our youth. And we will declare that it is well with my soul, for you have redeemed us. You have called us by name. And we will live your will for our life at this time. And we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
for you have good things reserved for our future. And all of our needs will be met according to your riches and glory. Therefore, we will replace worry by asking you to protect and care for us and our family. You are our love, and your perfect love cast out all fear. Today, Father, in the name of Jesus, we roll our burdens and our cares and our afflictions onto you. We give you our works. We commit and trust them wholly to you. You will cause our thoughts to become agreeable with your will, and our plans will be established, and they will succeed for the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, take that prayer, all right? Live it out this week. You do not have to cave in to the hand of the evil one. You can be free from any stronghold that tries to establish itself in your life, all right? Go in peace. Please get your children. We're a little bit over here, and I don't want to frustrate our teachers today, all right? God bless you.